Hello and welcome to the Brutal Iron Gym Podcast, where our goal is to cut through the BS and deliver the brutal truth about topics related to health and happiness. Today is podcast number 1948. The topic is Q&A and the title is Eating to Gain Muscle Without Gaining Body Fat. One of my current clients has been going through this process and I wanted to share kind of where we're at in that journey in case anybody else felt similarly. So they had they've got in touch with me and they had always struggled with feeling both under muscled and over fat, meaning the skinny fat kind of feeling. And this is actually exactly how I felt uh, when I was uh, an early teenager is you don't have enough muscle that you feel big, but you have too much fat. So you feel too fat. So it's like, do you eat more food to try to gain muscle, but the fear of gaining fat? Or do you over-restrict calories to try to lose the fat, but then you can't build any muscle? And you just kind of don't know what to do. You don't know where to go. So they got in touch. They said they wanted to get stronger, maybe do powerlifting when they went to college. So this was a, a high school uh, uh, high school age client. So they wanted to maybe do powerlifting in college, but they wanted to get stronger. It was a means to an end. They really wanted to get leaner and bigger. And they thought lifting heavier weights or focusing on powerlifting would be a way to do that. They were only five foot two and weighed about 155 to 160 pounds. Now, this struck home with me because whenever I was a teenager, I was about 5'8 and 165 pounds, very skinny fat when I started like working out and exercising. And I remember I trained and ate absolutely nothing. I was anorexic. I only ate one meal a day and tried to exercise all those calories off. And I ended up gaining height, thankfully, somehow, uh, from 5'8 to 6 foot tall, but I still only weighed 165. And I just never built any muscle, never got any definition. I struggled for a long time. So when somebody of that age reaches out to me now and they're in a similar position, it's, you know, kind of like you just can't wait to help those people because you wish you would have had that help yourself. So we've been talking, and one of the things we did to start out was he I gave him some weight training to do. He had been doing cross country and a lot of running. Uh, so I said, well, why don't we you know mix in some weights so that way we can start to promote muscle growth. But the challenge was he was chronically under eating. He was it was kind of variable all the time. Some days it was only 800 calories, some days a thousand. Maybe one day he would go out with friends and end up having like a 2,000 calorie plus day. But it was very inconsistent and chronically low. So when we initially set the numbers for him, because I had him, I wanted him to learn uh, like what were the calories in foods, what's the difference, and what does our body do with carbs versus fats versus proteins. So he was already aware that protein builds muscle. So he was okay with eating a lot of protein, but he was fearful that eating carbohydrates would make him fat or that eating dietary fats would make him fat because he thought, you know, it it was the same thing. Like if you eat fat, you're going to get fat. So we started talking, a lot of educational components. Um, All of my online clients have an online journal where they'll uh, write questions. They can write in it 24-7. I answer their questions once a week at least. And his document right now is at like 89 pages on Google Docs. So we've been through a lot of information. And it's fun to have those kind of educational aspects. And one of the things I started with for him was 
trying to promote him to eat more and to be more consistent, but not have the fear of gaining body fat. So when we started, I had him aiming for his training days, and we kind of went through a couple phases where, okay, can we be between 1,200 to 1,400 consistently? Once we're at 1,400, uh, 1,200 to 1,400 consistently, can we go to 1,300 to 1,500? He very quickly was able to get to 14 to 1,600. So I was like, okay. So he's willing to eat at 1,400 to 1,600 calories a day. His body was responding well in the sense that he wasn't gaining un, like gaining weight. He was just feeling healthier, feeling a little stronger, a little better energy. He could work out a little bit more. So what was interesting is that we got him to eat significantly more, but he wasn't gaining body fat because he had been eating so low, his body was wanting to use the food for different functions throughout the day. Uh, different just body organs and body functions and trying to actually uh, repair and build muscle tissue now. So it was interesting because we started to eat as we ate more, started to lose some body fat and build some muscle, and the scale didn't really didn't really move too much for us. Now that's okay because my main goal was really just trying to get him to healthy. And whatever the scale did, I just had to monitor and control to make sure that it wasn't discouraging to him. When he lost weight, he felt like he was losing muscle and he was fearful. When he gained weight, he thought he was gaining body fat and he was fearful. So we had to really kind of be mindful of what was happening. Now, the the fun part became once he was consistent with nutrition, we were able to start pushing even more. So we started then pushing into, okay, on training days, can we have 1,600 to 1,800 calories? On the other days, can we still have 14 to 1,600? Can we at least get 150 grams of protein a day? He loved that since he knew protein would build muscle. So he, like, calorie-wise, we were only eating 10 times body weight, which is very low. And the point of that was I had to take him from where he was to where I wanted him to be in a manner in which he would feel comfortable with and want to be consistent with with so what that meant was is i couldn't just say you know hey you're averaging a thousand calories we should be at 2200 just go to 2200 number one that would be wildly irresponsible of me uh, because he would gain a ton of body fat because uh, his metabolism would not be ready for all of that um and then forcing someone to make that large of a mental shift is just like I don't know what the proper terminology is, but it's it's either completely unaware uh, of how challenging that would be for the person or just really insensitive to how that would be for them. So it was better for us to walk up in a manner in which he felt comfortable. So when we started with those numbers, I knew the numbers were still low in carbs and fats. And I knew that the protein was a ridiculously high percentage. But what I wanted was it got us closer to the end goal and it was going to help increase his meal volume tolerance and acceptance meaning how much he ate per day or per meal he was going to see more food and actually be okay with it and i'm like this is what we want (laughs) i want him to be able to eat more food and not freak out so i'll take it however i can get it (laughs) you know if it moves us forward then the next goal we had was we bumped it every day up to 1,800 to 2,000. 
And that was going well. He, he was only okay with that if I let him eat more protein. So we pushed the protein to 170 to 200 grams. But he was doing well. The challenge then became, as his body was adapting to that amount, it was still a too low volume of carbs and fats. So given the protein percentage that that would be, it was still, it was very high in protein. Very, very high. That over a body, over one gram per pound of body weight. So it meant that the carbs and fats were restrictive still. So he was eating more now. He was having better energy during the day, better energy for training, but he still felt kind of a little soft, still wasn't quite seeing the muscle definition he wanted. So he started to ask and wonder if we could push for more. And I was like, hell yeah, this is exactly what we want. (laughs) So we're getting there, we're getting there, we're getting there. Now, for some people, this can take six months. Some people, this can take two or three years. Uh, So it takes time. But we got to a point where he's actually asking me for more food. And I'm like, hell yeah, this is what we want. So through the journey, our focus has been, getting, has been on getting his daily calories consistent and then bringing them up to a healthy range so his body would be willing to let go of some body fat without fighting to put it back on. And it would actually have enough caloric energy, carbs and fat energy, to put the protein to use to actually build new muscle tissue. So the fact, like where we're at now is much healthier, much better, and now we're actually going to really start making some progress. The challenge is we couldn't just have gone there. So if right now his numbers are 2,000 to 2,400, but he was previously eating only 1,000 calories on average, there is no way, no way somebody's just going to flip a switch and just mentally accept doubling their food. They might not even be able to digest that. They might not even be able to eat that. Our stomach actually uh, will shrink to the volume of food we eat or expand to the volume of food we eat. Uh, so there's a lot of like physical restrictions. There's a lot of like the digestive experience that he would feel. He would have gained a ton of water weight, a ton of body fat. It would have been extremely challenging and actually not correct to just ask someone to double their food. So when I work with people who've been chronically under eating, we do have to go through that and kind of correction process in stages. I wanted to share some recent questions he had that I thought would be helpful for others if they're going through this similar situation. So I I asked him whenever he said, you know, hey, I, I feel like I want more progress. And his goal was, could he build more muscle? So I told him, well, why don't we increase calories, you know, increase the carbs and fats, And that'll give us the energy to, you know, build the muscle. And he responded, my main goal is to lose some stomach fat and overall fat in my body. He said he was currently at 143, so we had definitely lost some fat for sure. And he said, I think that maybe sticking to the other one, the lower calorie count, would be better paired with more muscle growth. He said that his main concern was that maybe he doesn't have enough muscle meaning he wants to fill out more muscle, and that'll help him look leaner. And I said, thank you for the response. Unfortunately, we can't achieve more muscle growth without more carbs and fats at this point. I said, your protein is on the upper end of what can actually be converted to muscle tissue, (laughs) so you're eating pretty much the top limit there. And your training already has 
the top amount of muscle growth stimulus. So when he was saying, can I just stay at the calories I was at, but can we get more, can we make more muscle? He was assuming there was a chat, a training change that would produce more muscle. The training was already maximized in how it could stimulate muscle production. What was holding us back was that right now we have all the elements we need. We have training stimulus, we have protein, and what we do need is carbs and fats that provide the energy needed to convert the protein to muscle tissue. I said, right now, you have all these elements except for the carbs and fats. So when I want to build muscle, that's what I need. I need a training stimulus that produces muscle growth response. So enough of a training stimulus, enough volume, enough intensity. I want to have enough protein, but then I also have to have enough carbs and fats. So right now, he just wasn't eating enough carbs and fats. So I said, if we add more carbs and fats, that will help us grow more. However, if we want to limit body fat formation, we have to eat more at the beginning of the day. So currently he wakes up, maybe skips breakfast or has a really small breakfast, eats a, a medium lunch, then eats the majority of his food throughout the second half of the day. That's not going to help him maximize leanness. So I don't want to just add more calories to a mistimed day. So if we're going to add more calories, we have to add more at the beginning of the day so it's more blended throughout the day. So that way our body just doesn't have this huge deficit in the beginning of the day, then a huge surplus at the end of the day, and then all of a sudden it's just trading a surplus and a deficit every day, and we don't really make progress on fat loss. So I said we need to eat more carbs and fats, but we need to load our calories and protein more evenly throughout the day. And then just keep doing what we're doing in training, and you'll see more muscle growth and you'll see less body fat. So he agreed, and he said he's been eating more over the past week, and he wondered if he should be lifting five days instead of four days. This is a great question. We might wonder and say, well, if I want to build muscle tissue, what's the appropriate frequency that I should be training? How many workouts per week should I be training? Well, we know from research that roughly 10 to 20 hard, intense working sets per muscle group per week is an appropriate volume for muscle growth training. So I want to train my back at 10 to 20 working sets a week. My chest, my shoulders, my biceps, my triceps, my thighs, my quadriceps, hamstrings, calves, you know, whatever you want to grow, you want to train at 10 to 20 working sets, hard, challenging sets per week. Well, if I think of it as my chest is one, back is two, shoulders is three, biceps is four, triceps is five, quadriceps is six, hamstrings is seven, and let's throw the calves in at eight. Now, maybe you want to train your core. Maybe you want to do some other elements. You want to work on jumping or running or you have some other things. But we're looking at at least eight things that we would want to fit in throughout the week. So eight things times the minimum working sets of 10 so we said the weekly range is 10 to 20. So that's at least 80 working sets that you have to fit in per week. And it's shown that the frequency per muscle group is great at twice per week. Meaning you're going to get greater growth if you train your chest twice per week than once per week. So we have to get in 80 working sets at a rate of half the work done in one workout, half the work done in the other workout. Uh, and 
that would mean that at minimum, we would do two workouts full body of 40 sets per workout. You're not going to be able to do that. That's just way too high. So you got to break that down. And that's when he was saying is, you know, do I do it five days a week versus four days a week? That is often better. It is easier to do better quality of work and to get in the amount of work you need if you divide it across more workouts. So when I have clients who go for IFBB pros or drug tested pro cards, we train five, six days a week. Uh, some of them we've actually trained seven days a week for three weeks in a row. Then we have one week where we train only like three times. It's a CNS trick and it worked well for them. Uh, it's not something I do commonly, but it did work well. Uh, so there are different structures, but the more often you train, it does help in the sense that the demand per workout is less. If you train less frequently and or you have more volume per workout, you would, this is where the, the fun game of supplements, uh, like taking steroids or ex exogenous hormones like testosterone and things would come into play, is because everyone has a genetic capacity of kind of protein synthesis and recovery capacity. Once you've reached your max, training more won't help. Training more actually might hinder growth because you're burning off more of the carbs and fats you need to actually build muscle tissue. So there is a rate in which doing more actually is counterproductive. So what I would suggest for him and what I'd suggest for the listener is, is to train as often as your schedule allows without feeling mentally burned out. If you're like me, I love to train every day. I might take one, like last month in January, I missed three days in January uh, where I just took the day off because I was hanging out with my wife and just enjoying life and we were out and about and active. So I took three days off in January. Uh, I, I train most days, like most weeks, about six days a week. But I love that, and it's it's exciting for me. It does not demotivate me. I actually get more demotivated and frustrated when I can't work out. <laughs> so uh, I like to train six days a week. Maybe you can fit five days a week in. Or maybe it's four every single week with and a fifth one occasionally. Well, the more often you can, the better. And then the other thing is, and this is where it helps kind of understanding and programming, is when I do dumbbell chest press, for example, I'm training both my triceps and my chest. So when we talked about having to get 10 to 20 working sets per muscle group, it doesn't mean that has to be in isolative movements. So some movements can train multiple muscle groups at once. So think of an overhead press. You're going to train your shoulders and your triceps. So there's a lot of ways to kind of overlap and use multiple muscles in singular movements. So that way your total training volume can come down to a more reasonable number. There was a, a guy I follow on social media who is well enhanced and he doesn't hide it at all. He, you know, he's, he tells you he's enhanced. And uh, his last workout, uh, it said it, it took him about three, three and a half hours. And he had like, I think it was like 30 working sets. And I'm like, good God, like good for him. But that's not feasible for most people. So he wrote out his workouts, and these are the things that like he encourages people to do. And I'm like, who the hell is going to have three hours to train four to five days a week? It's just it's very unlikely, you know. So we do have to balance reality with what would be quote unquote optimal in research and on paper. I go through all that to say uh, that training four days a week if you want to build muscle is I would what I would consider kind of the lower end. I would try to at least do that. 
If you can train five days a week, great. If you can train six days a week, awesome. But don't let it mentally burn you out. If six days a week feels too intense and it kind of burns you out a bit, drop back down to between four to five days. So that would be an okay number to expect to train per week if you want to maximize muscle growth. The next question he had was, he was wondering how much weight gain is too much or too fast. Since he's been eating more, he wants to be, he wants to be mindful of not gaining too much weight too quickly. Now, I did tell him in a previous entry that I wanted to weigh himself on Mondays and Thursdays. We're going to weigh ourselves as early in the morning as possible. Uh, he's in college right now. I don't know if he has a scale in his dorm room, so he might not be able to weigh himself uh, once upon waking. But I would like him to weigh himself as early in the day with the most consistent meal and or hydration possible. Um, or just literally just buy a scale on Amazon for 10 bucks and put it in your dorm room. That would be the best. <laughs> so you can just weigh yourself in the morning. Uh, but we want to weigh ourselves Monday and Thursdays. And then we want to look at weekly trends. And we're going to look at four-week spans of time. Now, the reason why Mondays and Thursdays is Monday to Thursday is representative of like three weekdays, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Typically, people during the weekdays do very well. They're very adherent to their goals. And then from Thursday to, to next Monday, you have all of Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, which will be represented in, in what you weigh on Monday. People are usually less adherent towards their plan and program on the weekends. So what we might find is we might see weight on Mondays records really high, but weight on Thursday records really low. And that tells us that we're eating too far off plan over the weekends. Uh, you know, if we're, if we're inconsistent with our calories, we're drinking, doing other things, and our weight's four to five pounds heavier, then that means like, holy crap, we got to rain in the weekends. So we would ideally not like to see very much of a variance between Monday and Thursday or the Thursday to the following Monday. So I like that because it shows us what the representative of the week is doing versus the weekend. Then we're going to be looking at four-week trends. And so I told him that in general, I like to have clients in his situation where we're trying to build muscle but not try to gain body fat. Per four weeks, we want to average around two to six pounds of weight gain. Now, per four weeks, if you go one, one set of four weeks, another set of four weeks, another set of four weeks, you're going to be somewhere variable in there. You're unlikely to go two, 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 or four, 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 or six, six, six. It's more likely to be like two, then six, then four, or six, then four, then two. There's going to be some randomness to it as we go through per weeks and also per four week units. So we want an average of two to six pounds per four weeks, per month, essentially. So that's what I told him we're looking for. Now, what's good to remember and good to keep in mind is he's just starting to eat more, which means he's likely going to retain more water weight in the initial week or the initial two weeks than he would in the remaining weeks. So in the initial weeks, he's eating more carbohydrates and more food, which is going to bring in more sodium. Uh, so he's going to have some increased water retention. So I told him it's not unlikely to see a trend such as week one, maybe you gain three pounds and you start freaking out. You're like, holy crap, I'm only supposed to gain two to six pounds in four weeks and I gain three pounds in one week. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't eat less. Because typically in week two, you'll gain less maybe only two pounds, week three, maybe zero, and week four, maybe one pound. And that was actually numbers from one of my other clients. 
<laughs> so week one, they gained three. Week two, they gained two. Week three, they gained zero. Week four, they gained one. So in four weeks, they gained six pounds. Perfect. It can be scary in that first week or two as your water retention settles into the new uh, carbohydrate, fat, and protein intake numbers. So if it jumps initially, don't worry, keep going. But if at the end of the four-week trend, the first four weeks, if you're over six pounds, you probably want to bring your carbs and fats down some. Make sure that number per four weeks is staying between two to six pounds. So the next week, you would look at weeks two to five. What's the trend for those four weeks? Then the next week, you look at weeks three to six. You know, week three, four, five, and six. What is that trend? So you're always looking over the course of a four-week trend. So that way, it normalizes some of the normal daily fluctuations that we have. Your body weight can easily fluctuate 1%, even up to 2% per day. So we want to weigh ourselves multiple times and compare over multiple weigh-ins so that way it normalizes a little bit of those daily fluctuations. Then the last question he had was, I was also wondering... If I eat too many grams of fat, will that make me more gain more fat? And my answer is nope. <laughs> uh, whether the calories above our protein demand come from carb or fats, it won't make any difference whatsoever as long as we're not in excessive calories. And even if we were in excessive calories, it wouldn't matter whether you, matter whether you ate excessive protein, I mean excessive fats or excessive carbs, you would still gain body fat. So they've done a million and one studies and they show that whether you diet on low carb or high carb, high fat or low fat, doesn't make a difference. And the same is true of whether you eat on high fat or low fat. It changes in how you feel during the diet. Maybe you prefer carb foods versus fat foods or maybe vice versa. You know, maybe you have to eat every two or three meals, uh, two or three hours apart. So you're probably going to want more carbohydrates because they digest faster. Maybe you have a busy schedule. You can only eat three whole meals a day. You're probably going to want more fats. So your food volume is lower and the meals digest slower to match the time gap that you'll have between the meals. So whether we eat fats or carbs is more of an experiential thing and a preference thing. It will not impact whether we gain body fat or not. So our goal will be to push our training volume and intensity as high as his recovery capacity and schedule can allow. And then we want to continue to push in more carbs and fats as needed to maintain that two to six pound increase per four weeks. And with nutrition, other than the numbers, timing is what we look for. So we track calories, we track protein, and we track timing. For him, I'm also having him track his sugars. I want him to be under 60 grams of sugar a day. And that's going to help just reduce water weight fluctuations and cravings and some other things. So I would throw that in as well. So you want to track calories, protein, sugar, and then timing. Try to spread your calories, your protein as evenly out throughout the day as you can. In an optimal world, we would match actually our activity level. We would eat a little more at the times we're more active. You'll eat less at the times we're less active. But those are the keys to building muscle without gaining body fat. Maximize training volume and intensity. Pay attention to meal timing, trying to spread your calories and, and protein out throughout the day. Track your body weight and aim for between two to six pound increase per four weeks. Make sure your protein's at one gram per pound of body weight. And then increase your carbs and fats as needed 
to have your weight increase stay within that range of two to six pounds per week. There you go. So I thought it'd be fun to share a little bit of a background story of that client experience, some of the questions they had, and then give you that little summary there of the uh, key points for eating to gain muscle without gaining body fat. If you have any questions, if you need anything, reach out. My email is brutalironjim at gmail.com. I'm always happy to uh, listen, always happy to help. If you like the podcast, please share the podcast. If you like the podcast, please consider donating to support the podcast, which you can do on our website. Also, if you like the information we share in the podcast, you can find more from us on our social media channels. You can find us and follow us on Instagram and YouTube under the name Brutal Iron Gym. As always, I hope this was helpful, and thank you for listening.